Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. But why the hell would you worry about that now? They're set for this year. Well, because I, I'm not really happy with the direction of the team this year. I think that they may... They, here, you tell me where I'm wrong. And that's, I'm probably am, and that's okay. Last year, what do we beg for them to do? The team was in a little bit of a cusp. They 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 had they were fantastic to start the season off. They they fell a little flat. We were begging them to bring up the the, the young prospects that we were dying to see. It took them three months to do it, and at that point in time, we all agreed it was too late. Now you have a fresh start. You could add to this team, make this team better just by bringing in free agents, not trading away pieces. And it's like. Well, we have these prospects that we need to see. Don't you think rather than put them at the front of the fire to start the season, it's almost like give some other cushions just in case they don't do well, just in case this team isn't as good. Last year – Well, if you, uh, are you talking about Trey Turner and Carlos Correa and Aaron Judge? Because they were never going to spend $30 million on a player right now. They're just not because of A, where their payroll currently is, and B, what I think they're planning on doing in the future. I mean, they have a $300 million payroll. Like, I know you like Trey Turner. I, I We all do. He's a hell of a baseball player. They were never going to spend, and maybe we were wrong to even think it, that kind of money. They've already spent a ton of money. Well, again, it's not it, – take away Turner, take away Judge. Those were pipe dreams. I, and listen, the, the free agency class, we all agree, is not terribly sexy unless you're trying to get a shortstop. So unless you convince one of these guys to go play third base for a little bit or you know, whatever, you could spell second, someone at second base, whatever the case is, you, there's no really good pieces to add to this roster besides Nimmo. And to me, that's just you're, you're taking a step backwards rather than well, going okay, to well, be let, let, taking front forward. Stick with Nimmo before we move on to what else they should have done because the offseason isn't over yet also. I mean, there's a lot of things they still may do. Just not, excuse me, that was a burp, on a major level. But the Nimmo issue is a big one because I don't know how you go about replacing him. And that's why the Mets are in a really, really tough spot where they may have to give in and give him a contract that they're going to deem stupid. Like one thing I'm learning about Steve Cohen, it's only his third off season as owner. Yeah. Is he's a businessman. Like, and there's some bad to that. And there's some really good to that. The bad to that was the way DeGrom was treated. They treated Jacob DeGrom like cold-hearted businessmen. That's what they did. They basically said, you haven't been healthy the last few years. It's not good business. 
to give you a four or five year or to even entertain the idea of a four or five year deal. They didn't give a crap about the heartstrings. Business wise, they thought, you know what? Verlander on a two year deal is better. That's what they thought. So they are, and there's good and there's bad to it, businessmen. And I wonder if when they look at Nimmo's final contract that he's going to have to get with Boris as his agent and him being the clear best outfielder available once Aaron Judge signed, which he did, if the Mets are going to have the stomach to do something that they know as soon as they sign is a bad business move. And I get it. Like, I like Brandon Nimmo. I also know what he isn't. And what he isn't is a guy that should get $150 million. But the problem is, and this is the thing they're going to have to weigh, is is it worth making a decision that you know is a bad business move, that you know is a bad contract, because that's still better than the alternative. Because the alternative is what? You're not trading for Brian Reynolds. It's going to cost too much in prospects. Throw that one out. So what's your Andrew Benintendi? Stop. That's not a good backup plan. So oh, I know. It's they terrible. have to keep him. They're in a, they have put themselves in a spot where they've got to hand Nimmo a bad contract. They have to. And, and that sucks because now you're talking about this is, oh, well, the, you can't spend on, on everybody. So you're going to give Nimmo a bad contract, but you could have gotten better contracts. You, you could have handed out more money to better people, better superstars. And it's like you have to weigh out the good and the bad. Now, listen, am I saying Nimmo shouldn't be on this team? No, I'm not saying that. But, my God, we're not taking a step forward at all. And that, to me, is scary because I've seen teams teams be complacent, which is basically what the Mets are being right now. It's not complacent. They're being very complacent. It's not complacent. Here's the problem the Mets ran into. The Mets had an offseason in which their leadoff hitter and engine to the offense was a free agent, Brandon Nemo. The best pitcher in forever was a free agent. And the best closer in baseball was a free agent. So they went into an offseason having to play defense. Let, let's be perfectly honest. Like, they went into an offseason before you talk about, okay, they won 101 games. How do you get better? Which is a great think thought to have, right? We all think it. How do you get better? 101 wins. How do you become a better team? They went into an offseason needing to maintain Think about it. The first thing they had to do was maintain the closer who put together the most dominant season we've seen in a long time, which they did. Credit to them. They don't want to play the game with the dominant homegrown pitcher, so they lose him and immediately pivot and replace him in a way in which we all agree. As much as I didn't want to lose him, they replaced him in, to me, the best way possible. It was expensive as all hell, but short-term, big-arm, Cy Young from last year, legendary pitcher. They pivoted, right? So they're playing defense. Think about what their offseason's been. Maintain the closer defense. Pivot from the pitcher they lost, defense. Lose Taiwan Walker, sign Quintana. I think it's an upgrade. Defense. Nimmo, it's all defense. Like, if they re-sign Brandon Nimmo and they sign Kode Senga, which is right now the dream Met fans have, all they've done in a lot of ways is play defense. They brought back Nimmo. They replaced Bassett with Senga. You hope he's better, but you're also pretty happy if he's just as good because Bassett was really good last year. So, and by the way, after doing all of that, their payroll will be $340 million. And that's not complacency. That's defense. 
That's how do we maintain the guys that helped us win 101 games? That's why improving is going to come from within. That's where the improving comes. It wasn't going to come by let's maintain all our guys and let's go add some more. How is that going to happen? It's a lot of ifs, though, because now we're saying, and first of all, just, and I'm not trying to get too far ahead, but if we're talking about Alonzo and McNeil the way that they're talking about Nimmo and, and DeGrom, they're not re-signing them until they have to re-sign them. So it means free agency is a possibility. I agree. Which that's, a, that's a scary thing. We just Sucks. talked about Yes, yep. okay. But you're talking about if Alvarez is what we think he is, if Beatty is what we think he is, if these starting pitchers, these old starting pitchers can stay healthy, there's a lot of ifs. It brings back a lot of bad memories about a lot of iffy teams with the nah. Mets. It's nothing like that, though. Like, yes, there are ifs. Every baseball team has ifs. You cannot build a team unless some of your top prospects become really good. Look at the Braves. If your prospects flame out, look at the Yankees. What's been the biggest issue with the Yankees over the last five years? They can't grow pitching. What was that? They can't grow pitching. They can't grow pitching. I think it's more than growing pitching. I think it's growing position players. I think it's... Glaber Torres's development. I think it was Gary Sanchez's development. I think a lot of it was development. So Brett Beatty and Francisco Alvarez, who have a chance, by the way, to like go head to head for rookie of the year, right? That's the dream. That's what Atlanta was able to get from Michael Harris and Spencer Strider, right? Two rookies going head to head. That's how you become a great team. And so that's not the same as the era of the past. The era of the past didn't rely on top-line prospects as the ifs. They relied on crap players as the if. And that's not it. So I think sometimes it's difficult when you win 101 games and you've got key free agents to not only maintain all of those guys, but then get 10 times better on paper. Like, the key to the New York Mets next year, and I know this is boring to hear, I apologize, but it's the reality. The key to the New York Mets next year are going to be those young players we talked about. And if they don't develop, then yes, this offense will be something we complain about. And at the trade deadline, there'll be a lot of pressure to go out and not just make a move, but a big move. But if Beatty and Alvarez and throw in Vientos and throw in Mauricio, who could have an impact at some point this season, if they contribute the way the Braves young players contributed, then the Mets got better. But to get better on paper was always going to be impossible because this entire offseason was built on the idea of playing defense. Their entire bullpen was free agents. The majority of the rotation were free agents. The center fielder is still a free agent. Like, they had to maintain those guys. Otherwise, we were going to go nuts. Like, if they lose Nemo, look at that. If they lose Nemo, they didn't successfully play defense in center field. They don't get to pivot from Nimmo to somebody on his level the way the Mets did with DeGrom to Verlander. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. 
Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Just, it's just very, again, there's a lot of ifs you said there. And I'll take it away. Listen, every team has ifs. I'm just not. Last year, some reason last year, I walked into 2022 going, wow, first time in a long time I could say, I am confident and comfortable with this roster they put together. I who were free agents right last year from the Met roster going into the 2022 season? Think about that. Who who they have to maintain? What key and, players and the, did they have to keep? And well, true. Well, they okay. They brought in. You're right. They didn't have to maintain anybody. That's really, the problem. And they were already there, but they didn't even bring in these like Escobar, Stalin Marte, and Canna were not these over the top like you know, MVP type players, but they filled roles. You bring they them won, in on top but, of. But Hoff, they were building off a team that won 78 games. Now they're building off a team that won 101 games. Like the Mets don't need, but the Mets don't need a renaissance <laughs> after Did winning you ever hear 101 games. Did you ever hear regression? That's a concern. That's a concern. I'm sorry. Of, co- like of, of can- course. But you can't expect you can't have the same expectations of an off season when you're coming off a 78 win season as the expectations of a team winning 101 games. And by the way, I'll make this clear right now: I don't think the Mets are going to win 101 games, and that may be okay because most years you can win 92 games and win your division. Like think about it: the Mets could go back. You talk about regress; they could regress eight games in the standings. And they would still win 93 games, which on most planets win you a division or a wild card. So I'd love to see them win 101 games, but that doesn't have to be the number they hit. The number they have to hit is winning the division and winning more games than the Atlanta Braves and the Philadelphia Phillies. And by the way, the Philadelphia Phillies, who everybody wants to blow now, okay, they won 87 games last year. Like, I get they got hot in the playoffs, but now they're being talked about like they're unbeatable. They won 87 games. They're going to miss Bryce Harper for half the year. You bet your ass they need a Trey Turner. Like, do you think the Phillies of two weeks, the one that got hot, you think that's the real Phillies? Or do you think it's the one that won 87 games? You tell me. Because based on the way people talk, I would think it's the two weeks Phillies that are real. It's more than two weeks, though. Don't don't be naive about that. They were a second half team. They they since they Dude, got they rid choked of- away a playoff spot in the final month. They begged the Brewers to make the postseason. They said, "Please take it from us," and the Brewers didn't. So let's not act they, like they were. They did, but what was their record? What was their record when Joe Girardi got fired? No, no, they got hot in the second half. Like you're right, but in the final few weeks of that season. They tried to give away a playoff spot. Yeah, they played a lot better. They fired the manager. They played a lot better. Absolutely. But they yeah, also tried to give away a freaking playoff spot in the final few weeks. That's true. They And they didn't do it. We were successful. We gave away the division. Ah, uh, but it's different. I mean, come on. They playoff <laughs> spot versus a team I, that was already going to make know. the playoffs. Look, the Phillies are talked about like they're a 98-win team. We'll see. Look, they're going to miss Bryce Harper for, for a half. That's a big blow. I think Trey Turner's awesome. I think Castellanos will have a better year. Like, I'm not talking about the Phillies as if I think they're crap. I don't think they're crap. I just think they've been very overrated the way people have talked about them over the last few weeks because they're forgetting that they were an 87-win team. They're looking more at the two-week hot streak than the 87 wins. But, look, the point is here, the Mets are in a tricky spot with Nemo. They they really are because – the. Other than a surprise trade, none of us see coming. 
there is not a good backup plan. You know, Andrew Benintendi is not a good backup plan. Um, Kevin Kiermeyer is not a good backup plan. Look, their best backup plan, and trust me, this is going to drive you nuts. Like, you are going to hate this idea. But I have to be honest. Their best backup plan is that 22-year-old kid, Alec Thomas, who plays great defense with the Arizona Diamondbacks because he's 22 years old, and maybe he's got an upside. And their other backup plan is the other center fielder they have, that Jake McCarthy. Like, those are two guys, different kind of players. McCarthy's more of a hitter. Uh, What's his name? Thomas is more of a defensive player. But those would be the better center field backup plans. And by the way, that's not a great backup plan. Like, I'm just giving you ideas. It doesn't mean I like it. So I think Steve Cohen and Billy Epler may have to hold their nose and say, look, if we're going to overpay a guy to a contract that we know is bad, is let it, you may as well let it be a guy who, A, we like, B, we don't think we're going to let the money get to his head, and see a guy the fans love. So I implore the Mets right now, even though I get why they don't love the contract, they got to find a way to make a deal for Brandon Nemo because then the likes of the world like Pete Hoffman are going to say the Mets got worse. If they keep Nemo, and we mentioned the Verlander pivot and keeping Diaz and what they've done in the rotation, hopefully it's Senga, I think you could absolutely make an argument the Mets maintain. But if you lose Brandon Nemo, you didn't maintain. And I do think they're going to add another bat, by the way. Like, I don't think it's a big one. I don't think it's Carlos Correa. It may be Trey Mancini. It may be J.D. Martinez. But I do think they are going to add another bat that sort of fits that DH role. So they're not done. It's December. Well, let me tell you something. I'm at least happy about the Alec Thomas because I was very concerned that you said where the backup was going to be bringing up Michael Conforto, and that scares me. <laughs> no, no, we no. got we had to. I think we have a whole podcast about bad guy, bad players we brought back to the Mets. Didn't we do that yet, or is that coming up? <laughs> we've touched on it. I don't know if we've completely done it. I know one podcast I've talked about doing and we haven't done it, and now it's really being set up in a timely fashion as losing a legend you know, losing a favorite player. Uh, and I've gotten a lot of tweets and emails about it with personal stories. Obviously, now you could throw Jacob DeGrom in it, and you could throw Brandon Nimmo in it. You know, Brandon Nimmo, while I may have never connected with him as a, I love Brandon Nimmo, never disliked Brandon Nimmo, but he's not my favorite player in the world. Brandon Nimmo is a guy who was drafted out of high school a decade ago. A guy we heard about from the beginning, like in 2011, when he was drafted, we heard, we heard all about him. So for the five years before he ever got here, we knew who he was. And then we watched him develop in 16 and 17 and break through in 2018 and then not be able to stay healthy in 19 and 21. And then obviously last year was really it all coming together for him. Uh, a year in which he stayed healthy, a year in which he was an engine in this order. And he's a long met. He's a long-term met. So I know for a lot of people, maybe not a ton of people, but for some people, losing Brandon Nimmo would be would fit right in. He'd fit right in with losing Edgardo Alfonso or losing Mookie Wilson or losing Mike Piazza, which we did because the Mets could have kept him. He could have caught in 2006. But that's for another episode. That's for a time in which things calm down. Because right now there's too much going on. But we will get to that at some point. Uh, right now, though, it's... Who replaces Bassett, or is it Bassett, and do they keep Brandon Nemo? One thing I don't know, I do think we're going to get an answer quick 
on the pitcher. I do. I think maybe even before this is posted, <laughs> this may be, this podcast may be freaking timed out. So we better end it and just post it. Nah, but I think the Nimmo thing is going to take a while. And that sucks. That, that's not ideal. I think we would like to know if the leadoff hitter, if the center fielder, if the engine comes back. But it does give us more times, more time to come up with backup plans. So I'll work on that. And the next time we're together for the Sunday night edition of Rico, I'm not saying it'll be the focus, but I will present a handful of backup plans if they don't keep Brandon Nemo. But either way, very uh, busy couple of days at the winter meetings. Uh, and off we go. You can email the podcast anytime, thericob at gmail.com. You can obviously tweet at us, at Evan Roberts WFAN, at the Hoff WFAN. Is that your you name? You nailed it. Yeah, you nailed it. Thank you. Pete's taking a lot of crap on Twitter because, and you got a little bit of a preview it tonight, a preview of it here, and we'll go more into it as the pod goes on over the next few weeks. Pete's a very negative guy right now. Does not like anything about this franchise. In fact, I heard a rumor his wife told me. His wife told me in the middle of the night, in his sleep, he was, I miss you, Wilpon. I miss you, Wilpon. Please come back, Jeff. I miss you, Wilpon. Now, I don't know if that's true, but that's a claim I heard from your significant other, Pete. So you tell I, that, me. That's, I, think she, I think that's false. Uh, I would never <laughs> ask for them back. However, you're right. I am, I am not a little salty right now with this team because I don't know the direction. It makes me very concerned, and I haven't felt that way in over two years with this franchise. Just to be well, fair. I respect you. I know you're a great fan. I think you're very wrong. But here's the beauty of the Rico Bronia. We'll have a lot of time to debate it over the next few weeks and months. And maybe at some point, you'll convince me and I'll become super negative. Or maybe I'll convince you and you'll put a smile on your face. But either way, we appreciate you listening. You can check out Pete with Tiki and Tierney, 10 a.m. on the fan. Obviously, me and Craig, 2 o'clock on the fan. Thank you for listening to Rico Bronia. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronia podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times.